Hello, and welcome to the More Than Muscle podcast, presented to you by your coach and overall favorite person, me, trainer Greg McBride. I'm super excited that you are tuned in today, and you can stay tuned in by subscribing to this podcast. In the More Than Muscle podcast, we will cover the skills, habits, and practices needed to be successful. Going beyond just the physical, we will talk about how to be the best version of yourself, all while looking through the lens of health and fitness. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to Episode 8, Mealtime with Kids. I want to start off by saying, if you are not a parent, grandparent, godparent, aunt, uncle, someone who has to deal directly with children around mealtime, you may be a little lucky, but this is still for you. One, hopefully after hearing this, the struggles and what goes into mealtime, maybe you have a little bit more grace on the family that you see out whose kid is throwing a tantrum, going wild in a restaurant. Parents are probably doing their best, slightly embarrassed, but you'll have a better understanding of what really goes into it. Uh, let's start it off. We all know that mealtime can be a struggle, especially if you're trying to get your kids to have a healthy diet. Um, We know that, especially in America right now, it is an issue. The obesity is really, um, obesity is really something that's growing in the U.S. I remember in my health class in high school, they put up a picture of, I believe it was like 1930s, 40s what kids look like out playing a playground and then it showed kids in the 90s stark difference when you look back in the early years i mean we're looking talking about 50 60 years there were no obese kids in that picture now i'm not saying there weren't any obese people in the world we know that uh not to be true but there were none in the picture um the convenience um the the selections that we have of food Fast foods weren't around like they are now. And just the access and abundance that we have to food portion sizings have grown dramatically. So it's more important as a parent or someone in guardianship over children to make sure that we're doing our best to give them their best. So uh, struggle. I can always relate. First, I'll talk about myself. I have a son who is five years old right now, and he is a very picky eater. Um, He has his select few things that he would eat every day if he was allowed to and never touch anything else um, as a fitness and nutrition uh, being part of that field I always thought man this would be so easy I'm going to love doing this I'm going to have my son locked in he's going to eat all the right things he's going to be healthy he's going to grow at the best level possible I was quickly <laughs> uh, taught otherwise I remember uh, shopping with my wife before we even got married Uh, Sorry, we were married. But before we had our son and there was a little plate that I saw. And I I even took a picture of it, posted it on Facebook. I'm like, yep, this is for the future McBride. And it was like a plate had a portion. It had a little portion on one side said fruit. Another little side said vegetables. Another said protein. Another side said carbs. So this plate was sectioned off into four little things. You know, fill it up, hand it to your kids. They're going to eat it right up. Wrong. Um, There is... Some big issues that go around psychology, emotions around food and eating. And first and foremost, no one likes to be controlled. Uh, 
This is true in children and it's true in adults. How often do you have someone coming up to you and tell you what to do and you're not kind of put off a bit? Um, There is a certain sense of autonomy that we all have and we all want to hold on to. So the the dinner table is often (laughs) where children feel the need to um, show that the most. What happens when someone tries to tell you what to do? We often will shut down, go in complete opposition. Oh, you want me not to do this? Watch me do it. You know, you can see it all the time. Uh, commercials or especially in a restaurant. Hey, don't throw that. Don't throw that. And there's a fork of food going across the uh, kitchen. Um, and the loss of temper. That's another thing that happens when someone feels that they're getting con- um, being controlled or told what to do. People often lose their temper. So we're going to talk away a few different uh, techniques that can help you into getting children, getting kids in the better nutritional habits. First and foremost, you need to question, ask intriguing questions, listen, and then guide them. We're talking about not trying to control. So you question, listen, and guide. This is going to be a a three-step process. That can be applied many different ways depending on what your strength and weaknesses are. So questioning. Um, kids are already curious and inquisitive. So if you can get down to that thought level and spit fire back and forth with them on questions, it's going to allow them to kind of ease into it and feel like they're partaking in the whole setup, the whole process of cooking, eating, playing, all that. It starts there. You just have to ask the right questions. Um, There is a balance in control and responsibility. Um, As an adult, for my son, I have the responsibility to shop for food. I have the responsibility to cook and prepare the food. And his responsibility right now at his age is just to eat the food. That is his primary responsibility. Now, there is not a the control responsibility um, kind of scale there leans heavier on my side right now. Now, as he ages and as he grows, that will start to tip and be a little bit more balanced to the point where, hey, if I do my job as a parent, I'm pushing him out the door and he's knowing how to take care of himself. So um, when we talk about the control and responsibility, there is a, a change depending on the, the age and development of the children. Um, when we get down to meal time, I feel like it becomes like a movie sometimes, like the great debaters. I have to be very careful with what I say and how I say it if I want my son to respond correctly or respond the way that I would like him to or at least get him to get outside of his comfort zone when it comes to eating. Uh, I'll give you an example. My son loves, let's say, chicken nuggets. He'll eat them every meal breakfast, lunch, dinner, if you allow him to. That, along with things like pancakes. um, Lucky for me, there is one vegetable that he actually really enjoys, and that's broccoli. So I will play around with that and a few other things to help keep him balanced. So some of the ways that I've worked on that, the whole question, listen, and guide, um, he'd never uh, really enjoyed broccoli initially, at least. Uh, There was some, there was a curve there, uh, some adjusting. And my wife and I decided that no matter what, every time we eat, we at least put a couple pieces of whatever vegetable we're having on his plate. 
If he ate it, didn't eat it, that was fine. What we did right there was just get him used to seeing the food, understanding it's there, knowing it's supposed to be for that meal. And some small questions we'd ask, like we see that he hasn't touched his, his vegetables. Say, hey, are you going to eat your vegetables? Of course, he'd look and say, no. We want him to be honest. I'm like, oh, can I ask you why you're not going to eat them? He's like, oh, well, it's just too big. I can't, I can't eat all those pieces, which is perfect. This is where I talk about the great debaters. Now I've got him. I know it's weird, but I've, I've trapped him in a way where he's like, okay, he told me what the problem is. So if I can fix the problem, there should be no reason why he doesn't eat his food. So that was the initial thing that got him to eat broccoli. Oh, it's too big. I can't eat it. So we chopped it up to smaller pieces. Here we go. Is that better for you? Can you eat that now? We've corrected the problem. The logical response for him would be yes. He stopped, thought about it for a while. He couldn't think of any more objections, so he ate his broccoli. And it was it was awesome to see him do it for the first time because he takes a bite, just small little nibbles. Ah, uh, you know what? This isn't that bad. And he continues to eat it, and he eats it regularly now. And actually asks for seconds sometimes, which is great. Now, that's one very important kind of overarching theme into getting kids to cooperate during mealtime. The question, listen, and guide. Um, another another um, step there is modeling. Now, this is the one where I probably struggle the most. So, guys, just know when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself as well. Um I'm always on the go. I always feel like I have something to do or something I should be doing. So meal time for me is often walking around, standing, sitting in a car. <laughs> um, I'm trying to get better at that. And my son sees it. And when he sees it, he often imitates. So uh, my wife will tell me very quickly, hey, would you mind joining us at the table, grabbing your food and sitting down? Because he sees you not doing it. So he's not going to do it either. So I'm working on it myself, but modeling is a very, very strong tool. Uh, I like the idea of the family getting together. We try and move our, our technology out to the side, sit down. And my wife is really good at creating this environment by asking questions, not just about food, but about our days and about life, about things that we're trying to do, how we're feeling, those kind of things, to connect an overall feel of warmth at the table. So it kind of opens up everything from there. And she's gotten so good at it. My son now, he sits down at the table. He's like, so, Dad, how was your day? How was work? Like, he knows the questions that are normally asked. How was your, uh, how'd you sleep? Did you have any dreams? And it's really cool to see it, but it kind of creates that that synergistic, that, that love, that family feel that we try to portray on Instagram and social media and in movies. And that is built by modeling. They will do what they see done especially at a young age, when they grow a little bit more, maybe they can start to say, hey, I see something being done, and maybe I shouldn't do it, or maybe I don't want to do that. But initially, they're going to do what they see you do. So putting out the right vibes, putting out the right behaviors are going to get them to gel with you a little better. Now, I spoke a little bit earlier about the control and responsibility. So there are shared responsibilities, and that's another way to uh, engage your children in the mealtime because that's what you want to do you want to engage them they need to feel a part of it and again this changes with age right now what I do is I bring my son along with me when I go shopping 
and I'll always allow him to get two or three things that he wants. Don't really care what it is. More often than not, he grabs like some Ritz crackers or he loves to pick out the bananas, which is great. So I will always give him a few tasks. First off, help me remember what's on the list. What do we need to grab? Because we don't want to just go up and down the aisles, just grab things that we don't need. That's a common thing that can happen and kind of sets you off track. Uh, help tra- sets my clients off track when they're trying to do their own nutrition. It sets me off track too. Um, if I have a list of items to grab, more likely to stick to it versus just, hmm, that looks good. Um, so I'll give him the list to help me remember, to help for him to help me remember. And also I'll put him on task. I need you to run down there, grab the best looking bananas, bring them back, put it in the cart. With joy, he'll skip off, grab them, you know, contemplate a little bit, rub his chin as he's trying to decide if he wants some more green or yellow bananas. Um, but that gives them a sense of responsibility that they can, they're a part of the system, that they're not just being told what to do. Um, so another uh, issue that I, I kind of run into with my son is the idea of snacking. Um, we want them to eat when it's time to eat. But when someone, when the kid comes up to you and say they're hungry, it's hard to say, no, you're not eating now. Um, it's like, am I starving my children? You know? Uh, more than likely you're not. They're going to tell you they're hungry, yes. And if anything, like my son, if you don't get him food when he's hungry, he'll go get it himself. Um, but there's a new trick that I'm going to implement that I read about, and it's called the snack bin. Now, to limit the overall snacking throughout the day, what this uh, technique calls for is to create a bin. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take him out to Target, let him pick out a cool little bin, maybe let him even direct, decorate it a little bit. And we'll take all the snacks that we have, kind of wrap them up into like an individual serving size. Now I'll place that out every day or every night. I'll fill it for the next day. So there might be two or three servings of whatever kind of snacks I know he enjoys. And say, hey, whenever you feel like you need a snack or you're hungry, here's your snacks for the day. You can just go in there and grab one. But when that bin's gone, when that bin is empty, that means you had all your snacks for the day. So that gives them a little bit of autonomy that they can go get snacks when they want. But they also know that when those snacks are gone, they're gone. So it can help limit the amount of snacking and also allow you to focus more on the big meals. Now, there are some parents that can do a lot more who are very creative and can do all types of things. Um, Pinterest did a good job of making us feel like horrible parents looking at some of the things that are out there. But creating games and being creative with your children, understanding what their strengths are, the things that they enjoy can help. Um, Growing up, my parents told me, we don't play at the table, we eat, you know. So food was at the table. That was it. No toys, nothing like that. Now, I'm trying some few different techniques and parenting styles, so I still get weird when I see toys at the table, but for my son, sometimes that helps. He's in love with dinosaurs, so if we can incorporate the dinosaurs eating when it's time for him to eat, let's say 75% of the time, he eats better. Um, There's one game that I read about, it's called a um, two-bite bingo, where bingo, I said that right? Um, where you'll say, hey, if you eat two bites of this, then you can earn this. So you literally have like a bingo card. And once you spell out bingo, there's some kind of prize or something that they get. But no matter what, you say, let's say the um, 
one square says two bites of cauliflower. Now you can be creative with it. You can eat the cauliflower. You can do whatever you want to that cauliflower, but you have to eat two bites of it. So I'm not saying this would ever fly. My son loves syrup, but I don't think he'd put syrup on cauliflower. But hey, if he wants to eat his cauliflower with syrup, I'm going to say yes, do it. And the whole family has to do it as well. And the concept there is to get everyone together and to try it. Um, my wife created another one that I really like. She called it Tries Tuesday. So most Tuesdays she will give him something that he's never had before. He knows it's going to happen. She put it on his plate. Okay, it's Tries Tuesday. So what are we going to try? And she'll give him a few different options. And, of course, he'll try to pick none. But if we can get him to pick an option or not, you know, say, hey, if you don't pick this, it's going to end up being this. You know, we let him know. We try to give him the the power to make the decision but ultimately there will be one made but try tuesdays was awesome for him sometimes he'll 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 even come up to us and want something different say it's try tuesday so can we have this and it's so great so that's another uh tactic that's what will take you up to that gold star parenting status so um you can look it up you know even making it fun you see the people that'll make like uh art with their pancakes and their sandwiches and things like that I love art, but I can't do it with food. If you're that parent, if you're that person that can do it, great, great. Give it a go. Uh, keep it engaging for the kids. Oh, that is the most of the information right there. So let's kind of talk back again how to do it. One, the question, listen, and guide. Kids want to be a part of it. Don't um, allow yourself to feel that you need to take complete control and force them to do something. More often than not, if you give them the option, they will do it themselves. Modeling. Do what you want them to do. Uh, it's really tough to tell your kids that they need to do something when they see you doing the complete opposite. Next, share responsibilities. Allow them to come alongside you. Let them shop with you. Let them help make the list. My son's at the point now he wants to help cook. Fantastic. I want to do that. Let me stir it. Let me pour it. Can I crack the egg? Incorporate them into the uh, process. And then for the Gold Star parents, games and creativity, find a way to make it fun. Create that environment around eating, whether it be something you're sitting down at the table. If you say no technology, if you say, hey, we're going to always discuss X, Y, and Z, make it a whole thing. That's what I have for you today, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the More Than Muscle podcast. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I also hope that you found something that you can take away and apply immediately to your life. I am your host, trainer Greg McBride, and until next time, train with purpose and be more than muscle.